Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in bullpen today. We have Mr. Albert Eisenberg, commentator Young Voices. Also a Philadelphia based messaging strategist and co-founder of the nonprofit media outlet Broad Plus Liberty. All right, good stuff, very smart fella. Albert, good day, thank you for being on Indisputable, how are you? Dr. Ritchie, I'll consider that an endorsement for all my views if you think I'm smart. <laughs> you are smart, all right, just misguided on politics, but smart. So let's talk about today voting rights and maybe we get into the filibuster if we have time. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about those items. So if you would, share your sentiment. Um, my sentiment is voting is a sacred institution in the country. Okay. Uh, both political parties should try their darndest to uh, appeal to voters beyond their base, beyond their constituency. Um, I think that Democrats are betting the farm because they couldn't get Build Back Better done. And now, unfortunately for them, they're not going to be able to get either of these voting bills done. And I think that the people that are most interested in passing these federal elections overhauls are Democratic insiders and special interests. Biden came across as rambling and divisive. He was not elected to be FDR or LBJ. He was elected to restore some sanity and calm to the country. I don't think he's doing that. And I think most voters would agree with that. Um, and I find it sort of patronizing this message on the left that somehow black voters can't be expected to have an ID. I just, I find that patronizing. I mean, I think if you talk to most people of all races, they have ID. At the same time as all these blue city mayors are causing people to have to have ID that they have vaccinations just to get a sandwich. All right, let me let me tackle some of those things. It's not the issue of only black folks having IDs. The issue is principle as well. Let me ask you this question. Number one, let me correct you on one sentiment. 68% of Americans based on the Center for Public Affairs Research, 68% of Americans are actually for voting rights in America and extending the voter right protection. So when you say that this is really just the insiders on the Democratic Party, that's not according to polling data on a national poll. So let me correct you on that point. Number two, let's talk about the ID element since you brought it up. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe voting is a right? Yeah, it's a right and it's in our constitution. Okay, name this to me, what are the right in order to demonstrate that right, must you present an ID to demonstrate it? Uh, buying alcohol. That's not a right. Uh, buying alcohol right. is not a constitutional right. Well, I just think it's, I mean, it's completely ridiculous to say that people can't, shouldn't have to show who Sir, they are. Once again, I'm back to a <laughs> principled argument with you. And I know you understand the difference between a principled argument and an argument that you're making. I just posed the question to you. Is voting a right? Is voting a constitutional right? You correctly responded by saying yes. Now, my, my, my question next is, what other right do you possess where in order to exercise that right, you must present identification? How about the right to represent yourself in court and face your accuser? You're you do not, often, if you do you're not have, at, you have to, you have to pledge an that's, oath. That's incorrect, sir. If you do not have identification, you are under the John Doe or Jane Doe status, which means the government has to use what's called reasonable methods and reasonable means to identify you. No, you're incorrect again. So I pose to you, what right 
do you have where you need to present an ID to exercise that right other than voting? I I regularly ask to prove myself to exercise my right to, to free speech and, and be published in the media. What? I, I often have, on, to bring, I have to submit your, your W9s right, and W2s right. when I get paid for, Come on, you man. know, I have to prove who I am mm. all the time. And, and it, I mean, it should be a basic human right just to walk outside the door and be able to get a cup of coffee. And you're, you're talking Democratic mayors across the country are forcing people, mostly minorities who are not vaccinated, to not even be able to walk into a coffee but shop. But you do I just, agree I with just me don't then. buy it. And you don't have to buy it, but you do understand my argument and the point I just made to you. That if voting is a right, it is the only right where you need to present ID to exercise that particular right. Remember, you can purchase firearms in America without the prerequisite of presenting an ID. Now in most states that are Republican, they are either presenting legislation this year or they have already passed legislation last year to where you do not need a permit to carry a weapon because it is considered to be a right to bear arms. It's called constitutional carry. Do you agree with constitutional carry? I believe that the right to bear arms is the second amendment and it's sacred and it protects people. And I also believe that people who are bearing arms are regularly asked to produce their identification. Remember, sir, I've just brought to your doorstep the reality of legislation in Texas and other places where they have passed laws. Georgia also is presenting legislation this cycle to institute what's called constitutional carry, which means you do not need an ID, you do not need a permit, and it's illegal for a law enforcement agent to request that you show proof, some type of permit that you are lawfully carrying a weapon. It's called constitutional carry. And the premise of the doctrine is that carrying a firearm is constitutional and should not require an additional prerequisite. Do you agree with constitutional carry? Um, I'm not a constitutional carry expert, but I generally support people's rights to defend themselves and bear arms. All right, so let me ask you this. Since you agree with the sentiment, I would assume, and the doctrine is connected to the expression of the US Constitution, and they call it constitutional carry, which means you do not need to engage in some permitting or prerequisite or licensing or training in order to bear these very dangerous weapons. If it's a right, why is it people don't believe in constitutional voting? Well, I think a lot of people do believe in constitutional voting, they just don't consider it a fundamental Injustice that people should have to prove who they are very quickly with the state issued ID. Well, just that, like that's fine. Well, make sure people present ID to get a gun then. Be on that side of the argument. But have intellectual integrity oh, about I, it all the way I through. think people should have to present an ID to, to buy a gun. And I, I well, that, in my home state of happening. Pennsylvania, that's not been discussed at all by the Republican legislature. Okay. Um, do you find it interesting that when we have these discussions about Voting rights in America, you literally do have one side who's presenting an argument that says we actually need to restrict the access to voting. My understanding and my position is that we need to have a a, a voting system that is um, 
safe, free from electoral interference from outside political groups, outside governments, okay. uh, and that we should have secure voting. I think it's it's good to make sure that everyone who's voting is who they say they are. For example, right. a super majority of voters agree across racial and political lines. Uh, so that's my stance. I also think okay. that if Democrats think high turnout is gonna help them in 2022 or beyond, I mean, there was astronomical turnout in Virginia and New Jersey and Republicans nearly swept the latter state and won with millions more votes than the, the prior gubernatorial election mm-hmm. 2017 in Virginia. So the, I mean, I don't think Republicans are scared of people voting. I think that the two sides are completely talking past each other. All right, so let's try to talk to each other, all right? So let me just say this for the record, 20, 25 years ago, the vast majority of citizens in America did not have to present an ID to vote. I just wanna remind people of that. That used to be the reality in this country 20, 25 years ago because we, uh, treated voting as a right and that right was fundamental and you did not need to present an ID to exercise that right. Uh, but then we allowed them to change laws. Uh, so let's talk about uh, voter restriction, all right? Because when we start engaging in these conversations, please understand that the conservative side, brother, the side that you're connected to, not wholly, but at least a good bit, the conservative side says, you know what? Let's now restrict the number of drop off boxes in a particular urban county. Let's do that. Let's make sure that they no longer can have what's called any excuse absentee voting. I'm gonna give you Georgia as an example. Some years back, Georgia passed these laws, Republicans by the way. Republicans passed laws saying, okay, you no longer need some kind of qualified excuse to absentee vote. They did this primarily because they wanted elderly white people to be able to participate who could not say, hey, I was in the hospital or hey, I'm disabled or hey, I'm in the military, okay? They wanted them to be able to participate and they passed it and it was bipartisan, but they're the ones that wrote the bill. Well, as soon as an election cycle comes where they actually lose the state of Georgia for the first time in many years, all of a sudden a law that they created, that they they wrote, they sponsored is now voter fraud. Does that make sense to you? Well, states change their voting laws all the time and that's yeah, why but you it's don't easier say the to law vote in Georgia now. It's fraudulent, you don't say that. I mean, be intellectually honest about the conversation, no, be straight up with people. The process evolves and people are respond to, I mean, there, there weren't Iranian or Russian hackers trying to get into our voting system in the <laughs> oh, 1980s. And the fact is, okay. I mean, anybody who lived through Jim Crow, this is not, it's easier to vote than it was a decade ago in Georgia. And even with the new voter law, it's easier to vote. And people, you know, the Democratic Party's power grab was that they said COVID is the new normal and we wanna be able to have these, you know, boxes where people can drop off ballots. They wanted to be able to count ballots after the election day in my home state, which the one of the state superior courts just struck that down. But there's all sorts of shenanigans that go around it. It's not some unique thing that Republicans in, in Georgia legislature are trying to get some sort of advantage. I mean, Democrats do that all the time. It's, that's an equal opportunity thing, just look yeah. at how they're carving up the lines in various states. We talked about that last time I was That's on. Right. But yeah, we did I mean, talk about I, that last time. It, it is easier to vote now in America than it was 10 years ago. And it, it's just, we're not living through Jim Crow. And when Democrats use that sort of rhetoric, you have to question why they're trying to instill such fear and confusion in people. Okay, let me respond to that. Um, it's easier to vote today than it was, uh, let's say in the early 1800s. Is that your comparison model? 
It's easier to vote today than let's say in 1964 or 1963. Is that your comparison model? We're arguing a contrast argument and that's unfortunate because that's when you start framing the debate. I'm trying to get outside of that framework and let's talk about what's fair, okay? What's open, what's decent for us in the United States of America. Senate Bill 202, because you brought up the Georgia voter restriction bill, which Republicans have branded it a voter access bill. In that Senate bill, let me show you how it connects to Jim Crowism, okay? Jim Crow, do you know what Jim Crow is? What was it and how it expressed itself during the 60s? Do you know? I would I would say Jim Crow is the, you know, post Civil War de facto and legal segregation of mm-hmm. black and white people in the South through the 1960s. Let me show you how Jim Crow showed up in the voting booth, okay? So black people were legally given the right to vote. Technically, right? So they would go vote, they would walk up, they would say, "Hey, I want to cast my vote or I want to register to vote." And then the election supervisor or whoever's at their desk would say, okay, Negro, uh, tell us how many jelly beans in this jelly bean jar. Um, or they would have a ridiculous math equation or something else right. as a prerequisite to them voting, right? The reason why they did it that way is so that the federal government could not come back and say, ah, that's racist. That's the reason they did it that way, brother. I need you to understand the connection. So when sure. we talk about Jim Crow laws, we're not saying, that legislation is saying black people cannot do this, black people cannot do that. Even the more crafty local jurisdictions of the 60s and 70s would not do that. They would have these other prerequisites so they can say on record, no, we do this with everyone and it's not because they're black. They just didn't know how many jelly beans were in a jelly bean jar and they are not a good candidate to participate in the election. So let me bring you to Georgia. Georgia passed a slew of new regulations, one, creates a new criminal law under Senate Bill 202. If you give someone food or water who's standing in line at a precinct, not trying to promote a candidate that's already illegal, that's already against the law, that's electioneering, that's already illegal. But if you simply give someone food or water who's standing in a long line, that is now a misdemeanor and punishable by one year in prison. Multiple solicitors, those are your misdemeanor prosecutors, have refused to prosecute those crimes throughout the state. Now, here's the Jim Crow part, brother. 94% of historical long lines in Georgia are where? Black precincts, where the majority of the population are African American. And the reason why they created that law is because during the last election cycle, They ran commercials, churches, nonprofits, not partisan groups, ran commercials and said, if you come out and vote, if you weather these long lines, we will make sure that you have some comforts. You will have a chair to sit in if you're elderly. You'll have some water and we'll make sure you have food. You're gonna stay hydrated and we're gonna have snacks available for you. And we're gonna make sure that we make this process easy as can be, but we need you to vote. We need you to stand in those lines. So the state of Georgia decided to pass a law to make that illegal. That's Jim Crowism, do you not agree? Well, I think you listed off a number of unconstitutional things that used to happen in poll, you know, at the polls first for freed slave men and then for women once women were given the, the emancipation of their vote as well. And I think we should all celebrate that those are no longer allowed. So do you agree that this Jim Crow 2.0 rhetoric, just it, this is nothing in comparison to what all of the litany of 
you know, historical oh, come issues on, man. That's, and voting that's like in the polling booth. Me, that's like you telling me to sing the praises of the criminal justice system that still prosecutes black males at a rate of 22% more harsher than their white male counterparts for the exact same crime because no longer black men being lynched by the government. No, I'm not going to celebrate or praise that brother. I'm going to call it for what it is. You can it's still wrong. I'm not going to make some kind of comparison to well, at least they're not being lynched. Come on, man. That, that's a, a bit of an exaggeration of what I'm asking. I'm saying we can agree all. that we are no longer doing literacy tests at the polls, and that's a good thing. I do not think not being able to hand out, you know, soda or sandwiches to voters is oppression. I just, I just don't think. I think most people agree with me, and that the polling bears. No, well, actually, across. Lindsey Graham disagrees with you. Lindsey Graham went on Fox News and said that part of Senate Bill two zero two is ridiculous to him. He he said, I don't know why the governor signed that part of the legislation, but it's in there. I just explained to you how it impacts, how it's oppressive. I mean, would you argue back in the sixties? Hey, black people, all you got to do is learn how many jelly beans in the jelly bean jar. Or all you got to do is just learn how to read the quotation they give you. Or you need to learn how to do the math equation and you can vote. What's the problem? What you have been that guy in the 1960s because you're that guy today, brother. That's no. the guy you are today. I think that's a patronizing comparison. And I think people understand. You're making, you like comparisons, brother. You're making a lot of them. Well, I, I mean, there's one thing to say that it's easier to vote, which we agreed on, than it was 10 years ago. And it's another thing to say that because people used to defend literacy tests at the polls, then me being opposed to this or that, or saying that people can bring their own water or their ID and it's not some you form of You think it should be a criminal offense? Hmm? You think it should be a criminal offense? Um, I didn't write the Georgia law. I haven't thought too hard about that specific statute. Right, well, I'm asking you, man. We we debate opinions and we present facts to back them up. What's your opinion? Do you think it's right to have a law that says it's criminal to give someone water in a line? I think people can be expected to bring their own water, snacks, and whatever else they'll need in order to exercise their sacred right to vote. I, I, it okay. doesn't strike me as that offensive. That All right, that so law. you're okay with with it being a criminal statute now to to do that? To uh, there's a work. lot of statutes on the book in the country. I mean, it's it, yeah, sure. It doesn't strike me as offensive. All right, um, let me highlight something else that you said that I want to make sure I clear uh, clear up on this show. Every year, every year, I have a group of people that call my radio show. And it's, it's an elderly woman, she doesn't have an ID. She doesn't have a birth certificate, okay? She needs to get ID in order to vote and we go through a process. Are there individuals who are released from prison? Have no probation in Georgia, once you release and finish your probated sentence, you can vote. They have problems getting their ID. It's more than just going down and paying for an identification, which becomes a de facto poll tax because you do have to pay for these forms of ID. And you have to go through the prerequisite of paying for the other forms of ID to present for that ID. What I'm telling you is there is a segment of society that has major impact from the ID law. But because many organizations are aware of this, we work to try to mitigate whatever issue can arise from it. But based on principle, if you believe voting fundamentally is a right, you have to agree that getting a prerequisite to exercise that right is not proper. 
yeah, I, I understand the intellectual point you're making, the principle you're advocating for. I think, I, I mean, most Americans across racial and political lines are with me that, that it is not, you know, a fundamental um, offense to have to show who you are to get an ID. And there are many, many resources people can and should have in order mm -hmm. to get their government ID. All right, and we got like one minute before the next show. Uh, quickly, uh, for getting rid of the filibuster or against it? Oh, it'll bite Democrats in the butt if they do it. I, I see no, I mean, it's just a power grab. And they, they, okay. they don't have the votes even on their own caucus. Yeah, I agree, they still need 51 to override it. Uh, it does need to go. Uh, it is rooted in the use of it is rooted in racism. Uh, and the vast majority of Americans actually agree that it needs to be amended or flat out dismissed. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Dr. Richie.